Hello, Ben here from Supercoach Insider, and I am joined with George from George Supercoach. How are you, mate? Doing well, doing well, Ben. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Supercoach. Yeah, it's been a, a bit of a week of anarchy, and the reason we wanted to get together is a little quickfire podcast and discuss what to do with Marshall going down, obviously injured, and Proust going down injured, and everyone wants to know who to fill those gaps with, George. They're dropping like flies at the moment, players. Um, so, yeah, we just lost Marshall, and there's a, you have a few options, right? So, you either go down or you go all the way down to a rookie. That's what I am sort of thinking at the moment. Um, but we need the rookies to come through. But it seems like the forward line, the rookies are looking healthier compared to the other lines. But again, it's a little early to know. You, you can go for a breakout, a forward, a forward player, and a lot of these guys are, most of these guys are traps, really. But you know, if the, if the mid-time is there, you could consider it. Seeing, you know, Butters, Rosie, Rayner, um, all, all three, I don't think you can pick. Butters is probably the most likely, but again, we don't know their forward and um, forward and mid-split. Something's very important, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely very important. Um, one of those I would like to touch on is Caldwell. I think he's going to be an absolute uh, banger, but... If for those of you who have missed the information, Rowan Marshall, he was 557k forward ruck, has a stress fracture in his foot on the 17th of Feb, it was reported, and he will be out for some time. Now, with a stress fracture on the foot, it could be a short time. You, you don't know with those kinds of things, and it's especially for a big boy, I think it hurts. Yeah, well, he, obviously, he's not going to play round one. Um, we don't know how long he's going to be out for, so... Um, yeah, he was probably a lock, really, especially with the dual position. Made him a lot more valuable. And, you know, Ryder's 33. If Ryder went down and you don't have Marshall, you, I think you're in big trouble. Now, we saw what he did solo rucking in, I think it was 2019. So, so yeah, Jai Carter was an interesting one. Uh, very talented, um, playing very well inside mid at, at the Dons um, intra club at the moment. Uh, a few issues with him. So, how much mid time is he going to get? Still, Parish, McGrath, Merrill will go through there. Um, and can he do it for 22 games? He's been very injury uh, injury prone. I think even in his draft year, from memory, can't exactly remember though. Um, but definitely the last two years, he's had a lot of injuries. So, yeah, there is there is definitely some risk. Now he's only scored over 73 Super Coach once, and that was an 84. So there's definitely that kind of sketchy part now. He had really low time on ground. I think it was like mid-60s. Um, the only thing that actually bodes well for me is that the club comes out and says, you know, Devon and Shield, they're going to be playing more forward time. And then Heppel is now obviously going halfback flank. So I definitely can see a role in there for him. It's just how long can he make it last for and is he going to keep that role and is it going to be uh, super coach um, gold as far as his scoring? The CBAs should be there by the sounds of that. Um, even Heppel going back as well, which helps. So uh, they, from the looks of it, yeah, he'll get a lot of mid-time. But again, it's it's the fact that he's unproven and injury-prone and he's not guaranteed to get all that mid-time, although it's what it looks like. 
So yeah, there's too many question marks for me of Cardwell. 350K is not a bad price, and I think a lot of us are struggling to pick you know, who's going to be that F that F6. Um, but this, there seems to be about five standouts, but again, anything can happen during the season. So um, yeah, I, think I, the mid- I agree. Who, who would you who would you choose though if you had say Rosie for 29K more? And that's kind of the the toss up. I think a lot of people are looking for those cheaper options. Would you be looking at a Caldwell or a Rosie? Absolutely not, Connor Rosie. No way. Uh, we saw what he did last year. Um, I know he was he's injured, but we haven't seen any improvement from him in the midfield. So it's a guessing game. Um, big games he's had. It's been against really weak teams last year. So I don't think you can pick Rosie. And you don't again. Uh, the, the biggest issue for me with Rosie is he's still not 100% over that foot injury. Uh, that was in an interview after their um, poor entry club where he kicked six, six snags, so uh, three of them in the goal square. So I don't think you can pick Rosie. I'll be picking Cardwell or Rosie just because I think Cardwell will get more mid-time and he's had a full preseason. Yeah, and Rosie's that, still that 29K difference as well is, is definitely a nice little bonus. Um, yeah, I, I, you know what? I was kind of half on the rosy train, but I, I think I kind of agree in the sense that, yeah, he will get some mid rotations, but he did come out and say that he's not over that foot issue. Yeah, he was very, uh, had some good games and, and a few like hit and miss up and, you know, some low games and some high games. Uh, for me, I just think, you know, I, I like him, but if he plays more forward, he might average you a, a flat 90 or even an, an 88, which is still serviceable, but is he going to be that F6 keeper? I'm now starting to feel it's not going to be worth it. I feel like that's best case for Rosie. Yeah. Um, sorry. I think Butters actually has the, the the better job security in that midfield rotation. And, and the problem is that he's too expensive, but for draft leagues in particular – uh, playing a lot more mid, he's had a big impact as a mid, and they really like what he creates into that midfield. And I think, you know, Butters could by next year be a mid-only option. I, I definitely like Butters a lot more than Rosie. I think, yeah, probably get more mid-time. He's CBA. He got like no CBAs last year, and he still averaged a really healthy score. So you would think naturally, um, and he looks really good in the midfield in preseason, better than Rosie, I think. That's what they've been saying um, from – from the reports I've read. So yeah. I don't mind Butters. Again, it's unproven. We don't know the forward mid split. But the, the mid split is um, the percentage of mid to four time. It's going to go up for midfield time. So he's probably the one under 500K that you'd go with. It's still it's still a little risky for me. So um, here, here's the sketchy part, right? Butters is still, I think, the 11th highest averaging forward. He was nearly top 10. That's how, that's how sick it is. And... I don't mind him. I'm not picking him at standard, but I think he's too expensive and there's better options. But out of the two, I think Rosie is the one and he's definitely better on bread. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, think, so, who yeah. are your, so who are your like top two or three that you're looking at? So you have Marshall goes down, Bruce goes down, and you're like, holy crap, who are the two people or three people you're going to slot into that spot? If you're not – assuming you're not waiting for that extra rookie and then going up – Talking straight premiums, uh, who are you looking at? I don't really want to pick any of them, to be honest, but you got to pick three. I think it's Dustin Martin. I think flying in the preseason, um, again with Dustin Martin, you're paying overs, you're going to get in for 500 in a few weeks anyway, but you know that Dusty's going to be there probably 95 plus um, this year. So I think it's Dusty. Uh, durability as well. is a little bit older, but 29th still 
he's, he's almost a goat, really. Um, that's for another day of discussion, but he's that unbelievable. you got to respect him. So I think number one is Dustin Martin. And then you probably pick between Dangerfield and Sidebottom. Uh, Danger, I'm not touching Danger and his dodgy groin. Uh, he's had that for four or five months, so uh, it kind of goes against everything. Um, I'm not picking a player of soft tissue injury for that long. Um, probably Sidebottom next. Seems to be playing really well. Played wing and inside um, for Collingwood. Maybe a bit more time for inside mid-time for Sidebottom. So probably Dusty, Sidey, and then Danger. Okay, now... Respectfully, going to disagree a little. Um, uh, Dustin Martin, he's only missed five games in eight years. So as far as durability, definitely a tick on that. Again, a good point as far as I think he will drop in price. Um, You know, it's one of those things where I think he's really valuable forward. And my Richmond friends have definitely been saying the run they have early, he'll definitely switch up those roles. So for me, it is basically now side bottom, right, the highest – Averaging output he has had, I think he's only gone over it once previously. Uh, he went 106 in 2016, 96, 101, 94, and then surpassed that by 15 points to a 109.4. I think he is well overpriced. Definitely some room in that midfield. I think he's a great option, but for me, I'm looking at probably an upgrade on him. And I'm actually starting Dangerfield, and I haven't had Dangerfield in my side for a long, long, long time. Marshall goes out. News comes out that Dangerfield's now groin uh, pain-free in his groin on February 18. Uh, the Cats also came out saying that they actually want to play Danger in the midfield. They say, you know, they they need him to be that top midfielder in the competition, but that's going to depend on his body early. So I see him playing a little bit more forward early and then working his match fitness up to get into the midfield. So, yes, I think he probably will drop in price. However... Even as a forward, Geelong have a, an, an extremely easy run to start with. They play Adelaide, then they play uh, Brisbane, Hawks, Dees, North, Eagles, Sydney, and then uh, Richmond, Saints, Sun. So it kind of gets a little bit more difficult there. But even if he does play forward, he could kick, you know, five goals against Adelaide. Brisbane, he'll probably, you know, well, we seem to leak five goals to Dusty every other week. So it's going to be interesting um, and with so much uncertainty, I was relying on Marshall to be at least that one forward that you could kind of guarantee would be top six. So now I'm kind of like, well, maybe I'll go danger with possibly a Heaney and then a Caldwell. It's, you know, it's just one of those funny ones for me because, you know, danger, again, durable besides the fact that he has now had some soft tissue injuries. He's played 123 out of 127, averaged, you know, extremely high over the last sort of six seasons and, yeah, you know, he usually starts off a little slower, which is what I'm concerned about. But even at the back end of last year, the last 14 rounds, he averaged 120. Uh, I, I still, you know, it's one of those ones where I'm thinking about just paying up, and I'd rather pay up for a danger than for a side bottom, unfortunately. Yeah, completely, completely fair there. It's a toss up. Though. Uh, yeah, it's just the. Uh, I think no midfielder has ever averaged over 110 at 31. Pretty sure. Uh, is Danger an exception because yeah, he's been Iron Man, he's been unbelievable, eight-time All-Australian. Could have been one of the greatest of all time if he could kick or played midfield in finals. So, it's yeah, it's a hard one. Um, I want to see how he goes in the preseason. Uh, he says he's pain-free. He's got enough preseasons under his belt um, to play really well. So, 
Yeah, obviously, clearly always been a better supercoach option than Dusty. It's just the uh, preseason injury. But yeah, pain-free. See how he goes in the next few weeks. Um, yeah, I understand why you picked Dangerfield. But I'm not worried if I don't start Dangerfield at all. No, that's fair enough. So what was your point? No one over 30 has averaged more than 110 in a midfield? Well, 31, yeah, over 30. 31 and over, I'm pretty sure. Might have, Ablett, maybe. I can't remember. And if it was Ablett, I think that was the, um, when he was injured. I was going to say, are you talking about a full season or are you just talking about averages? Because Scotty Pendlebury says hi. He says hi. He got 110.2 and he's 33, I think. Wait, who? So say it again. Who was it? Pendlebury. Just the year gone, 110.2. This year? Yeah, 2020. Yeah, I'll say Corona season. Corona season. I oh, know. He's, it's, and he only played 13 games. It wasn't a full season. Um that was just a quick, <laughs> a quick little yeah. look. It was, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things. And, and I do agree, he's getting older, and um, and even Dusty's getting older. So maybe people are thinking out with the old, in with the new, and bringing the rosies and the butters, and you know, the sun's always rosy on the other side. Yeah, I think you just for me play it safe for the time being. If anyone gets significant midfield time and looks unbelievable, like a Petrarca esque last year, I don't think anyone has the ceiling for that. Um, maybe Rayner in a few years. I'm not exactly sure. You'd have a better read on that than me. Um, but, yeah, I think for me, Dusty for preseason, you probably know what you're going to get, maybe a little bit under um, or a rookie for me. Yeah, that's fair enough. Dugowie is one who could pull up a trucker, and he is one who will float under the radar in like, you know, maybe 7 to 10% of sides, have a really good one preseason game in that midfield. And I reckon he could jump up by like 25% ownership. I reckon everyone will be like, oh, Petrarca. And they just jump on and hope that it's, the you know, lightning twice in a, in a bottle. Yeah, well, the good news for the goalies is court day got pushed back to August, I think. So you got a bit more room there. Uh, probably the goalie, what was interesting about the goalie is he played midfield early last year in 2020 and he didn't score very well. This year, it seems to have switched on a little bit, training a lot with the Pendles um, in the preseason, like one-on-one sort of stuff, with doing extras. Uh, has the scope clearly, has the tools to explode in the midfield. Um, but again, he's had a minor injury issue this preseason. I can't remember the exact issue. But yeah, he's, a, he's very unproven in the midfield. Does he have the tank yet? I'm not sure. He's injury prone. And it might be complications off the field, but it's probably going to be fine. I can't see a world where I pick the goalie at this stage. Um, but I think the potential is there. Yeah, I tend to agree at this stage. Um, I am looking at him softly, um, but he averaged 71 outside of his his one game that he did well last year when he got a 151. Apart from that, he averaged 71. So uh, I think there is room in that midfield for him or someone else. And again, if he goes into that midfield and shits the bed like he did last year when he was in the midfield, they're going to kick him out. But word is he's in unquestionable nick, so I am keeping a loose eye on him there. Um, and Isaac Heaney's the one too. I don't know why I keep coming back into Isaac Heaney. He just passes the eye test. You see him, he gets a ground ball, looks good, does a couple of things, and you're like, oh, geez, he could be a good hundred. Um, or he could, you know, break down like a Lance Franklin. Yeah, it's like uh, dangling the carrot on the donkey's head with Isaac Heaney. He looks so good, and you, you want a piece of it, but it's it's rubbish. Every year it's the same. It's injuries. Um, it's more forward time. It's more mid-time. Uh, don't get me wrong. The talent is there. He's unbelievable. He's probably the most talented player on that list, um, buddy aside. So 
450k again injuries this preseason. Um, or I think he's still recovering from the foot he had pretty yeah, nasty injury. He's just started so, coming back into the main group. Was reported February 16, so he's hoping to play the uh, Amy series game. So he is starting to play some sort of you know game scenarios. But for me, I actually went back and looked at his 2019. Yeah, and he had some great scores, but Jeezy followed up with some doozies. He was pulling out 120s and then backing up with a 40. And you're like, what the hell, Heaney? And that's that forward role that you speak of. Same thing happened in 2020, right? So first two rounds, or first in the first few rounds, he plays the Crows, one of the worst teams I've ever seen in that the Crows earlier in the season. Just terrible. Dropped like a 150 on them. Dropped a really big score on North. And then I think four other scores were pretty average. And then that averaged out because um, of those two big scores, his average was 90. And that was playing mostly forward, I think. So, yeah, it was forward eligible only. So, yeah, it would have been mostly forward. So sounds like he's going to play more forward and he needs to play those lower teams to up his score. I'm not saying he's uh, gonna, um, he relies on killing other uh, lower teams, but when he's forward, more so than when in the midfield. So uh, right now as it stands, he's going to play more forward Um so not, not for me, Isaac Heaney. And there's also the injury risk. I know he's played a lot of games, but he just finds a way to get niggles and he plays strong. Uh, whatever it is, um, he just finds a way to be injured somehow. So It's a bit ironic, though. He can, he can wakeboard in the back dam around his house and not get injured a, a single time, and then he goes out in the footy field and breaks down. You know, like, what, what are the odds? Um, it's, it's only a matter of time, though. <laughs> only a matter of time. Now, I... Have you already got, because you haven't mentioned him, I know you're big on him, Dunkley. Now we're talking about watching for roles, someone who has massive hurt factor and it could be hurt your opponents or it could be to hurt yourself. Where do you stand? He's a bad man, Josh Dunkley. I think you have to pick him. Um, I don't see why. I get that mid-time is, who knows, with Beveridge. And Bevo said the other day, like, He's going to have to play some time forward and Dunkley will be accepting of that as if to say, you know, you can't have all the mid-minutes in the world, Josh. So we've seen what he does. 2019, he dropped to 200. And I've mentioned this a few times on my channel. In the time, 2019, when he played midfield from round six to 2023, only one man had more contested possessions than him and that was Nat Fife, who won the Brownlow in a landslide. Oh, he's delicious, isn't so, he? I I think Dunkley, I think, yeah, he's run a PB in his time trial this year, which is great to hear. He works so hard. He sets the standards. He doesn't leave things to chance. And I just see his upside is too good. And, you know, his CBAs were like 20 something percent, maybe in the 30s, because it was buffed up a bit early in the season. Still averaged lower hundreds, um, barely getting the mid time. And a lot of those times he he had to follow up in the ruck or, yeah, attend ruck contests. So for me, I'm a big fan of him, and I think um, I'm gonna probably gonna start calling him King, King Dunkley if he starts, if he moves clubs, because if he gets that mid-time, it's gonna be huge. But again, the main thing with Dunkley is we've seen a reasonable floor with him getting almost no mid-time. That's gonna go up a little bit this year, you would think. Um, and if he does get the mid-time, if Trelaw or Liber, Trelaw's injury-prone, and Liber, Liber's been fantastic, but he has, uh, he's had knee issues. They were supposed to rest him last year, but he got through okay. Um, so wait and see on that. But me, I think Josh Dunkley, even if he gets 60% mid-time, probably 110 average. So that's that's my view on Dunkley. Um, yeah. No, yeah, I, I, am, I am torn between risk it for the biscuit and, you know, he has so much hurt factor that you want to be on him 
before he goes off. And I do agree. My only concern is, is you know, when you look at everything switching around, Bont's already come out saying he's going to have to spend you know, more time forward because, again, larger time, you know, the quarter's going back out, so he'll have to spend more time forward or larger chunks forward, uh, which makes sense. Libertore and Trelaw are my concern because they're kind of one-trick ponies. Um, and it's funny because Trelaw's a one-trick pony, but he can't even kick properly. So what does that make him, a half-a-trick pony? Um, he plays, yeah, pure midfield guts. And I agree, Trelaw injury-prone. He did what both hammies a couple of years ago. Now he's, he's injured again, I think, calves. Um, when you look at Libertore, knees, etc., if they were looking at resting him last year, then you look at a full season with, you know, longer minutes on the ground, he's not going to be able to cut it. And he'll be – he can't play anywhere else. So Libertore is going to be bench and on, on and bench. Now, Steph Martin only played like 55% time on ground or something close to that last year. And what are they going to do? He'll, he'll, he can't play, surely. They can't have two guys playing, you know, 60% of the game on the bench. Yeah, if they want Dunkley to play Ruck, then they might as well – he might as well start packing his bags because he's not going to put up with that again, I don't think. Right. So, Do you think um, that they're going to put him into the position he wants to be in to either A – keep him or B, sell him at a premium? Or do you think they're going to shelf him and throw him in a pocket and say, stuff ya? I hope not. Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, I think it feels like the dogs, the surplus of mids is, is it's got, it was already ridiculous. Now it's beyond ridiculous with Trelaw. So I think they still want to maximize his value. Um, whether he stays, whether he goes, who knows? Um, but, I think Baz and uh, McRae had a contract next year. See what happens there. So I, I think, yeah, I think he'll play 60-40 mid-forward, to be honest. Um, yeah. But yeah. I don't think they'll show him, though. No. I, I think it might be a little less, but I'm hoping at least 40% mid-time. Um, for me, I think that they tell everyone else, hey, just bide your time, like, you know, Lipinski and uh, Smith, etc. just saying, hey, boys, like, we're going to give him a run through the midfield this year. Right, smash it out, let him do well. And these other players kind of know they've just got to bide their time for a year. Um, please stay with us. And then at the end of the year, I reckon Dunkley goes to the Dons and everything sort of works out. Lempidsky, Smith, etc., start to come in. Trelaw start taking that you know, junk, uh, the bulk midfield time again, and everything's rosy. They don't, they don't need Dunkley at that side. Essendon do. And I think if they play him in the midfield this year, Essendon will have to pay up and they're going to have to cry to mama because we all know Essendon like to play hardball, and Dunkley is someone you have to pay overs for. He's still out of contract too. He has another year. He's out of contract 2022, so they're going to have to pay for him. Yeah, and the dogs rated him very hard. They didn't give up. They weren't willing to give up a first and a second rounder. They didn't need it anyway because of the Jamara bids. I would have absorbed the picks anyway, but the dogs sort of know his worth. I don't think Beveridge knows his worth in the midfield. We're looking at a guy that can average 130 in the midfield here. So, um, yeah, I, again, it's, it's a little bit of a guessing game, but I, I, the way I see it is he's shown a really good floor playing stuff all mid-time. Um, so I think it's only up from here. So Yep, so at a worst case, you're thinking at least top six either way. So banking on him to be at least top six. Yep. I'm not even worried about top six. I think he'll be top two. Okay. Nice. So that's my my opinion with um, Dangerfield. I think it's one person that you can at least guarantee he's going to be top six and you can move on because the problem is if you start with all these mid prices and all these speculatives, you've only got 30 trades. And if you have, you know, 12 people on your field that aren't even going to be top 10, 
you know, upgrade targets or, or stepping stones, then you're still going to you're going to run out of trades just trying to get to a full side. So I, I think for me, I'm definitely looking at some defenders, some mids, some forwards, a couple at least that I can lock away and just go best, you know, top six and move on. Yeah, if you have, yeah, if you play it safe early, um, you might miss one or two bolters, but you're still going to have those trades there that you can use to your advantage later on. So there's value in that. So yeah, yeah, again, yeah, Dangerfield, you know, he's going to be there the whole time probably. So I, I agree. Now to round off, Bruce is out. Do you think the only option is now to have Gorn and Grundy, or? Do you think that some people are smart when I think they're absolutely fucking nuts no, to think? I say smart too. Oh no! Oh, that would even be that'd be even worse. I was thinking even like a Draper and people that are looking at going, you know, some other kind of mid pricer instead of Proust, which I think is absolutely ludicrous. It is. We have the two best rocks um, in, in terms of supercoach, the two best rocks ever. Um, in terms of just general rockman, I think, still think they're two of the best ever. Maybe I need to touch on my history there, but um, yeah, you have they're right there in front of you, Gorn and um, Gorn and Grundy. It's like I was going to say this in a video, but it's like you have you have Ariana Grande and Selena Gomez right there. Thel- yeah, Thelma and Louise. You don't want to pick them. You want to pick Lizzo, which is Proust. And if you don't know who Lizzo is, check her check her Instagram, and you understand what I'm saying. See, that, that shows, shows how old I am. Shows how old I am. I'm like Thelma and Louise and then I'm thinking, um, you know, it's like having a hot dog with no mustard. I mean, come on, like things go in pairs. Um, yeah. No hot dog jokes there though. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I do agree. I think if you have the two best rucks, if anything, beforehand people were tempted by Proust and now I think don't be tempted by Hickey, don't be tempted by Draper, you know, do not put uh, a GWS brand new Ruckman in as your F2. You will literally shit the bed and you won't be able to go anywhere except for trying sideways to someone who is not as good. Yeah. We have to look at the context of each mid-price there in the Ruck, right? So Bruce had three separate injuries last year. So it's not like you treat him the same as Naismith. Um, I started Naismith last year. What a disaster. But you still say, okay, Bruce is a different player. We'll have a look at him. He's carrying too much weight probably, a bit like Zion Williamson, so probably going to be a little bit more prone to injuries. And, yeah, three separate injuries last year. So, And if he goes down early and then Gorn's kind of out of reach, I get it with we had Marshall for a while there. Um, maybe he had a, a better case to start Proust because we had Marshall. Now we don't. So, again, yeah, Proust is gone, so don't worry about him. Tom Hickey's there, playing well apparently at the Swans. Um, looks like they would play Sinclair forward, I think. Yeah, they're trying to see if they can play them both. Um, I think he is their number one. He was in their A side uh, in the Swans Intra Club, and apparently he was a, a far and above beyond better than the other rucks on the on the ground. So, but you're right. That's the security blanket's now been taken. Everyone thinks they can kind of go, you know, fuck it. We'll we'll put whoever we want in the ruck as our R two because hey, good old Marshall's here, and if everything goes bad, we'll just throw him in the ruck or whatever, and then we'll just pick a forward. And we can't do that anymore. There's no security blanket. That blanket's been ripped out and you're going to be crying like a little baby if you go any other way than Gorn Grundy. Yeah, I experienced that last year. We also had Josh Tracy. So did Um, I. So did I. We have Tracy, I think, for might play for Frio. But, again, are you really going to rely on a first-year key forward as your cover? Probably not. No. Um, Probably going to score anywhere between 70 and 15, so – yeah. I mean, he looks good though, but again, 
just pick it. It's not only really that, it's the captain. Gorn is the number one captain option, and Grundy's flying this preseason from what I've read. So he, yeah, he didn't deal with uh, the hub life too well, but he still scored really well last year. So, you know, we have probably the two best players in Supercoach. Neil, you can make a case for, but for me, uh, yeah, Gorn and Grundy, just captain and vice captain, they're right there in front of you. Just take them. Yep, no, I agree. And I think the um, word is is that uh, I think um, that was it Trachey, how do you say his name? He he was playing forward, I think, kicked some goals, so he looks okay. He probably will play. If you are concerned and you want to start with Flynn, you could always start Flynn as your R3 anyway and then put um, that forward ruck on your in your forward line. Flynn makes some money, Marshall comes back, you trade him, you swing the other guy forward if if you want um, you know, the Frio ruck forward. If you think he's going to make enough cash, then do it that way. But yeah, for me, I think it's pretty easy now. You just kind of got to look at the other options around. Yeah. Yeah, just Gordon and Grundy. But one thing that's interesting is if you do that, if Tracy and Flynn both play, what do you do with the loophole? We probably don't have a loophole. Haha. I am glad you've got this. I've got a loophole sorted. And the reason is, right? For me, defenders are the easiest position to choose. Defenders are killing it. They're easier than midfielders. They're easier than forwards. You can pick premium mid, uh, defenders because they are more proven. Now the person on the mark can't even move, so apparently people are able to hit more kicks into corridors. They're able to hit better targets. I think you'll find those halfback flankers getting involved in more scoring chains as well. So for me, I've actually gone Rory Laird into the midfield, and then I've put um, a five. A5 as a defender mid as my loophole in defense. And you know why? It's always nice to have a five on your field. Until he gets injured. No, that, that's, what his, that's, what his, that's what his name is. His name is A5. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. great. I just, I just like the look of it. I, I'm like, I, at least I can't pick Nathan five, but I've got A5 on my team and that, that's good enough. I have the McRae in my team. I'm very happy, but unfortunately, the other one might have to wait a little longer. Yeah, it's it's risky, but if you know if you're looking for a loophole, I'm kind of considering it because that way, if the defenders don't do well uh, in you know for me, then I can always just throw Laird straight back in there, and I have plenty of forward midfielders, etc., to be able to sort of interchange with each other and actually get someone on field in that midfield as well. So it's. It's what I'm tinkering with at the moment. It's it's a little bit dodgy. Everything's dodgy at the moment. <laughs> at this point, I think I think it makes sense um, to have your loophole there because it's going to be a bit. Yeah, if we get Flynn, you probably have a rookie cash cow, um, a rock cash cow. You probably have to pick him at R three. Yep. And then here's the thing: if we pick, if Tracy doesn't play early, he might be he might be emergency. And you could use him as your loop at F8, but you're going to be very nervous if he's listed as emergency every week. And you might not even know if they play late. You can't just yeah. kind of lock in your oh, no. your VC because he'll be either playing, you'll get notified the day before, and you're like, well, hang on, I can't even take the VC anymore. I have to try and take a, a captain option. And maybe your captain you were going to choose has already played, so now you're like, oh, crap, I've got to you know, choose someone else instead. So I think it's going to, you yeah, know, choosing teams the day before, I think it's going to hurt us a little bit this year. Hopefully it doesn't hurt us in the captain with captains too much, but yeah, now that you bring that up, I'm even feeling worse about it. Hopefully not. But look, I think that wraps us up pretty well, George. I think, you know, we've gone through the forward options and some of the ruck perspectives as far as, you know, the injuries, the injury to Proust, the injury to Marshall. And I mean, Proust will be out for months, you know, shoulder reconstruction. So he, he's gone. And uh, I think it'll be very interesting. And, 
you, I'm assuming you're you're going to do some um, videos as well with the Amy series coming out, etc. What have you got coming up? Uh, I've got a few guide videos coming up. I'm not exactly. I have a, a series called um, "George's Way of Super Coach," where it's just how how I play, not necessarily the right way, but how I play it and what's worked for me. Uh, yeah, we'll do a few breakout picks videos. A lot of breakout picks in the forward line. I want to go over. We went through a little bit today. Um, we'll go over a bit more in depth about that soon. Um, but yeah, just lots of content. Um, show off a few other teams. So um, yeah, lots lots of plans. So it should be good. Sounds good. And for us, um, SC Insider 100, we are looking at doing uh, definitely our usual Twitch stream where people can send us their teams and we give you live feedback on that and have some kind of interactive sessions. But let us know in the comments and the section here if you do enjoy this. George, we've now got this sorted. We can definitely do a few little um, a few little series even on how to play Supercoach or Supercoach for Dummies, um, also known as the Heaney Special. <laughs> Sounds good. Enjoy chatting with you today, Ben. Um, I really love the work you guys do. It's really probably the most professional out of like the setup um, and the banter between you and Chris is always really good to watch. So appreciate what you guys do for us in the Supercoach community. So, yeah, looking forward to working with you a bit more. Yes, you too. Now, before we leave, special in the comment section, um, the spreadsheet that I ramp about all the time, it is – we're going to put the – the link in the comments here as well, and I'll send – George's got the link too. If he wants to throw it in his comments, he can. Anyone doing draft leagues, it's got the games, the time on ground, averages since like 2015 or 16, which is stupid. Uh, also, fun facts, um, you know, what they're commenting on, and also I'll throw in a little bit of banter in there as well. Not really banter, more just crappy puns, and some are good and some aren't, but that's what you get. That'll be great. Yes. I've had a quick look at it, and, yeah, you can see all the ceilings of some players, and, yeah, it makes you think – uh, these plays might really hurt me. So I think, yeah, you, you got to check it out. Easy. Anyway, thank you very much, George. No worries, Ben. Alrighty, until next time. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. 